Hello, I'm Casey. And I'm Emily. And you're listening to A Sprinkle of Sugar, A Dash of Murder. A true crime podcast with an element of baking slash cooking. Yep. So, um, before we get into anything at all, (laughs) I am sorry if there's any interruptions because um, I can actually currently hear my husband, (laughs) which I feel so bad, scolding the neighborhood kids. Because they're literally coming around. So it's... it's They're laying eight siege o- on your house. I know. Like, they're... they're uh, it's 8 o'clock at night. And so it's, like, pitch black outside because it's winter. And they're running around, like, shining their, like, strobe lights through every window. Literally following me through the house. Like, putting strobe lights on me <laughs> in my own house. And then... I could hear them outside of the window, like, as we speak. I could hear them, like, yeah. in my landscaping, <laughs> literally right outside our window. Surrounded by children. <laughs> like, Emily was saying, if this wasn't, if, if this wasn't just neighborhood kids messing around, like, this would be really creepy. Yeah. And then they're running around, and they're also ringing our doorbell. So then Kendrick, my husband, I, can, I could hear him saying, hey, guys, just... You can run around, just don't ring our doorbell because they're recording a podcast right now. So at least, hey, you know, advertisement. They'll still do it. Yeah, right, right. But you know, advertisement. Yeah, so, yeah. all right, anyway. So, this week we're covering the Bloody Benders. I've never heard anything. Of, oh, I can hear them. Do you hear them? I think I think that they're climbing on each other to look at. Yeah, they're trying. I can hear them against the house, and I think they're trying to climb up to look in the window. <laughs> I can't tell if that's a reflection or if that's a child looking through the window right now. That's your reflection. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, this is a child's head might pop through this one. I will scream. I think I will. <laughs> scream I mean, this is this is oh not okay this but is i don't want to be those neighbors that's like get off my lawn yeah <laughs> anyway so this week um we're making bloody marys because bloody benders bloody marys i mean come on um so i'm using my favorite mix bloody mary habanero and it's actually made from clark and sheffield a chicago company which is really cool and it's, um, so what I am doing is, you know, because everyone likes their Bloody Marys different. Oh, Sorry. my God. So I like, I think the spicier, the better. Um, so I think that you can mix as much vodka in it as you want, yeah. however you want to feel. Oh, they just jumped up. Oh, God. Yeah, they're looking through the window, right? I feel really. I feel this very violated. This isn't a live studio audience show. Yeah, I know. Oh my god, I just made direct eye contact. <laughs> they can't be looking through our windows. And these windows are not at ground level. They're like high. No, the kids are literally like climbing in each other or jumping up to look in us, at us. I'm calling my husband even though he's in the other room. <laughs> We're getting this all live. Um, hey. So they're currently jumping up to look in the window in the study <laughs> like they're right outside jumping up to look oh, at us i don't know I, I feel very uncomfortable in my own house okay you want me to tell them to stop well 
yes, please. Thank you. I love you. I'll be right down. Okay. This yeah. is a good start. We have stalkers. <laughs> I'm being stalked. Eight-year-olds. All right. <clears throat> okay. Anyway, so I am, this is um my favorite Bloody Mary mix. Um, sorry, I'm totally off. I was talking about the vodka quantity. Yeah. You can do as much vodka as you want. I um, am doing one part, well, usually I would do one part vodka, three parts of this uh, juice, but tonight, actually, we are going virgin because Emily has to work in the morning and and drive home, yeah. and I am pregnant, so I cannot, um, but I do miss it, so we are going to be enjoying <laughs> the flavors. Um so obviously everybody makes their margs or yeah, they're no not margs. margs. They're bloody marys they're bloody Mary. different. Um so I love celery. Oh, me too. Green olives and pickles. And then um even sometimes if you're really feeling festive, you could even put some bacon in there. Oh. Like just yeah, like a nice piece of crispy bacon. Um so yeah, so that's my advertisement of the week. Is for this um, <laughs> Clark and Sheffield yeah, Bloody they Mary habanero. Us, but if they <laughs> want to, we yeah, hey. appreciate it. I would love that. Yeah, like I said, this week is the Bloody Benders, and they are a family um, in the 1870s in the Wild Wild West. No way. Yeah, and something I'm just gonna preface, and I'll get into it later, but um. Casey, you are a fan of Little House on the Prairie. Yes, I and am. And that family is actually involved in this story. No yes. way. Not the Angles. Yes. The oh, Angles my gosh. Family. Charles always saves the day. Oh, my God. <laughs> right? I'm so, I'm so curious. All right. Not, they don't come into, like, the end, but just so you know, okay. it's coming. All right. All right. So, it's 1870, and the... Bender family has moved to Labette County, Kansas, outside a town called Cherryville. And it's a family of four. John and Kate are the older um, married couple, husband and wife. And then their son and daughter, who are also John and Kate. What? Yeah, I know. John Jr. <laughs> and Kate Jr. Oh, well, um, then I might as well name my baby either Casey or Kendrick. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so I'm going to call them Ma, Pa, John, and Kate. So Love it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and that's what they were known as anyway. But that's what I'm going to say. Just know they were both, both sets were named John and Kate, which is All kind right. of strange. The but. only Pa I know is Charles Ingalls. <laughs> anyway, he's Pa. Um, so they were of German heritage. And they kind of just popped up out of nowhere. Um, nobody knew them they didn't obviously grow up there obviously they were german um and the younger benders are it's debated if they were actually brother and sister or if they were secretly husband and wife and they were just posing as a brother and sister to make it look like like the nuclear family you know or there were also rumors of an incestuous relationship between them if they actually were brother and sister. So, <gasps> nasty. That is so gross. Yeah. There was also a rumor about them that 
Kate, Ma and Kate were witches, and that's why they were driven out of Germany. So, I mean, we all know witches are real, right? Yeah, right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So those were, like, a couple rumors swirling around about them that may or may not be true. (laughs) So at this point, Kansas has only been a state for nine years, and it's a really wild country out there. It's basically lawless, and it's kind of crazy. So a lot of – you could get away with a lot of crime out in the country because it was basically still uncivilized, as they'd say. Um, So the Benders settled on a farm that was seven miles northeast of Cherryville on a road that was going to big cities like Independence. Um, So you would have to cross their farm to, like, leave Cherryvale and go anywhere else. Like the road went to several big cities. Um, So they decided it would be profitable to open an inn on this busy, I put busy in quotes Mm because it's in the middle of nowhere, but you know, on this road and out in the wild west at this time, neighborliness Mm -hmm. mm -hmm, um, was like really important because most people lived miles from each other, like at least some distance. So if you were on good terms with your neighbor, you could get help or like supplies or stuff from them. Right. Eat more easily than like traveling all the way to a town. Mm-hmm. So the inn was like yeah. a big thing. People were like, oh, this family, how friendly they must be. They're mm-hmm. opening an inn to travelers and whatever. So it was actually, even though it was an inn, it was a very tiny cabin. And it was divided in half by a curtain that they hung between um, the dining section and, like, the bedroom. Okay. So a curtain was, like, dividing that room. And their front room of the house was turned into a store where anyone passing by could buy tobacco, snacks, gunpowder, bullets, anything. The essentials, you know. And they could also stop in and have a meal. They'd cook a meal for them. Wow. Yeah. It's really nice of them selling great people. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) I'm really curious. (laughs) So on the other side of the curtain was the one bedroom. There was only one bedroom that they all shared, and it was an inn. So if anyone came to stay, they would stay with them in that room. What? Yeah. It's super weird. I don't know why anyone would agree to that. But, I mean, there were so little options. There were, like, no other, like, places to stay if you're traveling and tired. So they would come. And I guess at that point, like, it wasn't that – it might not have been that weird. I don't know. Yeah. I I mean, people were like, okay. And they thought this little inn was so cool. So I I don't think they cared. But it's certainly weird now. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So there was actually a trap door in the floor of the bedroom that everybody shared that went to a cellar. Um, There was a small orchard in the back, a stable with some animals, and people, visitors who came by always noticed that the orchard was always freshly plowed. Hmm. Yeah. We'll get to that later, but... Um, so Pa Bender was 60 years old. He only spoke German. Mm. And he said that he ran a bakery in Germany. We it's probably it's believed like all their whole backstory is all a fabrication. No mm-hmm. one really knows what they did and where they came from. Um, Ma was about 50 years old at this time. 
and she spoke broken English and she was known to be very rough and tough and not very friendly. John Jr. was in his mid-20s. He spoke fluent English and was good looking, but people around town thought he was very odd and simple-minded. <laughs> so they thought he was pretty stupid. stupid. <laughs> Weird and stupid. Yeah, and they thought Pa, Ma, and John Jr. were super odd and never got on with them at all. But Kate mm. was in her early 20s, and she was known to be very beautiful, charming. She spoke English. Um and these are some things I found that some young men had written about her. And there was actually, like, letters and stuff. So, this is just random things. Um, someone said she was like a young eagle. Whatever that means. Oh. Another said she had fair skin, white as milk, rose complexion. Another said she had a tigerish grace, animal attraction, and a beautiful <gasps> wild beast. Whoa! So yeah, she's a lot of these. Wow, I don't think I. Honestly, though, I don't think I'd want to be called a a young eagle. Yeah, I'm not sure. What I th- that I think means. they're kind of ugly. I think juvenile eagles are kind of ugly. Juvenile eagles. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and use the proper terminology. They're um. <laughs> Proper beautiful plumage I, or whatever you right. want to call it. I would rather you call me a juvenile eagle than a young eagle because at least that means that you, um, what's the word that they used for the, the boy? Simple minded. Yeah, you're yeah. simple minded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Kate was known to be very bold, societal. She was the only one of the vendors who like went to town. And she went to dances and town meetings. She was a Sunday school teacher, <clears throat> ironic later. And she was a waitress at a hotel in Cherryville. And she was known to flirt. She was a major flirt. Oh well, she yeah. Everybody. I mean, you know those eagles. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never gonna get over that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. I'm not gonna be able to refer to Kate as anything else. I know. Um. And it was actually written, like, later when there was suspicion about them, someone actually said, she couldn't possibly have been a murderer. She was a good dancer. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I'm a bad dancer, so what does it say about me? You're obviously a killer. I must be a murderer. And Kate was actually known to be a spiritualist, which was very, spiritualism was extremely popular in America at this time. Um, Everyone was fascinated with, like, seances and mediums and it was like the huge entertainment the huge deal in america really yeah and so here is her list of services there was this came comes directly off like an advertisement she put around town that she can heal all sorts of diseases can cure blindness fits of fits deafness and all such diseases also dumbness (laughs) <laughs> so what she did, couldn't cure her brother I, guess. I know that's what I was gonna say <laughs> I don't know <laughs> um and she was actually pretty popular for this spiritualism largely turned out to be a huge fraud there's particularly two twin sisters who are very famous at this time and they turned out to be huge frauds maybe hmm. we'll cover them someday but um yeah but people really believed in it and they went to her for all sorts of things like that like she was this witch doctor or whatever 
1872, the Bender Farm was very prosperous at this time. Kate was used because um, she was, you know, the fun one. People liked her. She was used to lure travelers into this inn, um, and she treated them very well. But a few travelers reported some strange things. Um, and there's a guy named Happy Jack Reed. Who... Oh, what is not so happy after it leaves? <laughs> um, he saw Kate, the story goes, or this is how he tells it, I guess. Um, he saw Kate undressing in <gasps> front of the window as <gasps> scandalous as he was passing. She probably did it on purpose, you know. I bet he was jumping by her windows. Right. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he came in to the inn, and Kate seated him at the famous chair that was sat right up against that curtain that divided their house. So he heard. So he sits down in this chair. Um, that Kate makes him sit in, and he hears like this strange coughing noise. And then he felt something move away from the back of the curtain from behind him. And then two travelers, two other people came in and every, he said everything went back to normal after that. And they sat down and like had a meal and everyone went about their business. So it was a little strange, but Happy Jack came back to the inn on his return trip. Oh. To see Kate. Yeah, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And... Two people, two other people came in, and they happened to be going to Jack's hometown. So he gave them a message to his family that he would be back home by the next day. And Kate tried to talk him out of sending this message. And she was like, no, no, don't, don't send it. You don't need to send it. Just, you should probably, you should just surprise them that you're coming home. So obviously she didn't want this family to know that he was supposed to be back the next day. Wow. But he thought... No, uh, I'm going to send it. So the message was sent. And he says that after that, Kate got very irritated with him. And she wasn't friendly anymore because he didn't do what she wanted. And he mm -hmm. sent the message. Um, and then in the middle of the night, he reports that he woke up to hearing screams <gasps> and several heavy blows. And then the screaming stopped. And... He, it was at that point, he was, like, just laying there listening. And then he looks over and realizes Kate is standing over his bed to make sure that he's actually asleep. <gasps> so he pretended to be asleep. Yeah, she's, like, watching him to see if he's going to get out of bed and try and do something. Oh, my goodness. How scary would that be to, like, wake up and someone's, like, staring at you, like, and you're hearing screaming? No. To have that reaction, like... How do you not? I'm just so glad that he didn't jump awake and like, like what's that? You know, yeah, because yeah. if he would have done that, then he would have, then he would have gotten caught and yeah. he would have probably gotten killed. Mm -hmm. That is so scary. Yeah, that's something straight out of a horror movie. Like, I know. I feel like like <clears throat> my initial reaction would be to like sit up right away and look around. So like, mm -hmm. good thing he didn't. Honestly, um, another man. So. Happy Jack, because of these circumstances, yeah. he went home. And Good. He lived. Good. Um, another man named Corlew, that was his last name, um, he heard on his day moaning and rustling in the cellar. But Kate told him it was a hog that they had down there. And he goes, okay. 
then seems legit yeah i think i say that once every episode i know because there's always someone who just believes whatever yeah uh another woman said she stayed at the inn until she saw john jr sharpening quote a nasty looking knife i don't know (laughs) i don't know i guess it freaked her out enough for her to leave yeah she left um and what was actually going on on the farm so this is what they would do kate was obviously the bait she Mm -hmm. always got the visitors to come in and she would seat them at the table in that famous chair that was like right up against the curtain pa or john jr stood on the other side of the curtain and ma was outside keeping watch ma would cough if there were some people coming to like signal them like stop what you're doing but if there was no cough pa or john jr from the other side of the curtain so they wouldn't see him coming would um hit the person sitting with a hammer and like crush their skull through the curtain and then kate after they have crush their skull she'd jump on them and slit their throat for good measure what the heck that is crazy family okay i have several questions okay so just based off of like blood spatter and the mess and i'm sure you can't even answer these questions yeah but like i wonder if they would change the curtain every time So there would be like dried blood or what? reported that it, the curtain was always dirty and really nasty. Like maybe they changed it a couple times, but not every time. Because people would report that they saw a really nasty looking stain and stuff. Stains on the <gasps> curtain, yeah. Oh my God. I know. Like, and then they couldn't afford a new curtain every right, time. Right, right. I know. Yeah. It's like you'd think that you'd, you'd at least open the curtain to bash yeah. someone's head in. Um, And then I wonder if they had dirt floors or wood floors like if how they clean that up because like blood would soak right into the wood and then it stained the wood well it went through after they killed the person mm-hmm. they put them in the cellar through that trap door in the bedroom that they had oh. so i mean i'm sure blood still so much yes yeah, so i guess i stuff. guess it is probably wood floor i don't yeah. know yeah oh it's a wood floor yeah yeah there's actually, there's, I'll post them and I'll show you um, after. Uh, there's pictures of the house and how they did everything and, like, everything. Whoa. Um, so, at night, after all that, mm-hmm. then they would drag the body out and bury it in the orchard. And the next morning, Pa would plow the orchard. So, ugh, um, that's why it was always freshly plowed when people were like, oh, that's strange, like, you don't need it's a lot of work to do that like all the yeah. time so you wouldn't normally do it all the time but, right yeah so that was um that's their mo of what they always did like what's their i just want to know why do we get into that ever yeah yeah oh good well, there's a lot more but just like that's how that's how they do it that's okay how they kill i wonder if it's because i'm just gonna guess and then you can answer it whenever you're planning on answering it I wonder if they think that the their bodies will help fertilize the orchard. Uh, <laughs> so they're well, not even they're not even thinking to benefit the orchard. No. Okay. All right, go on. So it was kind of I mean it's obviously a very terrible idea, but it's kind of a genius idea for the time because 
they only targeted travelers unknown to the town Mm -hmm. no one who would be missed really um and because it was so vast and huge the wild west and um it was impossible to say where those travelers went like there's no way to know they could have stopped anywhere down the road as they were traveling so there really were no leads for a very long time Mm -hmm. and then i'm sure it's it's hard to say like when several people have gone missing it's hard to be like like to even know that several people are missing because they're probably from all from different towns and Mm -hmm. And you can't like pinpoint any one place so yeah yeah it was actually like like i said like obviously it's terrible but it's like a smart plan you know yeah right so this was their whole plan um were was to target like the rich so people who came were not just travelers but they had like fine horses and wagons and Mm. lots of money um because they were like going out west you know to make it big out west and oftentimes because they were moving and traveling they would have like all of their life savings on them so that was their whole thing was to kill for money and take these people's possessions and things and they would take probably like hundreds or thousands of dollars from people like wow yeah like people would be traveling with like i said like their entire life savings with them yeah um i wonder what that would pretty much account for like today yeah I'm not it's sure. probably like close to like hundreds of thousands yeah it's um I don't know exactly, or maybe like 50,000 or something like that. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I wouldn't know, because there's not like an exact number of how much right. they stole. But um, they would sell these people's horses, wagons, clothes for money. So, and usually if they were traveling in like the fine wagons and stuff, they would go for like a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And the people they were selling to never really asked questions. They just like, kind of thought oh they're a business they're getting it from somewhere not really Mm. assuming they're stealing it yeah so one man named john greary was sick when he was traveling and he stopped at the inn and he was pretending to be rich um assumingly to impress kate because Mm. people were often doing that um, so they killed him, and then they realized he only had 40 cents on him. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, poor guy. Um, and Aww. he's found later, which is why they know this. Yeah. Um, another man who is a German widow, his name's George Longcore, who is a former neighbor of Charles Ingalls, <gasps> the Ingalls family. What's his name? Um, George Longcore. I don't recognize that name from the show. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's the resident yeah. military <laughs> expert. I don't know enough about it. I did read the books, but it's been over a decade. So yeah. Um, and he came with his daughter, and he was traveling with her to Iowa to drop her off at her grandparents to stay with them for a while. Um. And it was their deaths that led to the Benders, like, downfall. They had finally killed the wrong person. Because um, George Longcore and his daughter were reported missing, and Dr. William York heard about it. 
And Dr. York knew them because he had just sold them the wagon that they were traveling in. So he went to go, it was his wagon previously. So he went to go track them down and find them and see what happened. And Dr. York was very wealthy, respectable. He had two famous brothers, Alexander York, who was a Kansas senator, and Colonel Ed York, who was a Civil War veteran. Okay. So um, this was a very prominent family. And if they're getting involved, they're going to do it properly with investigation and everything. So on March 9th, Dr. York set out to find them um, on a red roan mare with $1,000 in his pocket. And he was never heard of again. (gasps) And people knew he was missing right away. Because, again, he's a prominent person. Search parties, missing ads in the paper, the rivers were searched, and his brothers retraced his steps. Um, So they were searching, like, obviously right away. And they, his brothers got to a store, and the shopkeeper told them that Dr. York had said he was going to stay at the Bender Inn. So good thing he told somebody. Yeah. Um, cause imagine if he didn't, yeah. like the trail probably could have gone like completely cold. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so Colonel York and his men went in early April to visit the Benders and the Benders said, Dr. York had come by one day just to eat lunch and he left. And Kate then offered her skills as a spiritualist to find Dr. York. Bitch. I know. And she said, I'll find your brother, even if he is in hell. And Colonel York was like, oh, that statement kind of sits different with me. Mm-hmm. And he's, um, and she said, yeah, just come by. Kate said, uh, just come by tomorrow because I need time to prepare for this seance that I'm going to find your brother through. Um, come by tomorrow. Just make sure you're alone. I'm like, hmm, okay. And... <laughs> Um, Colonel York said, no, thank you. I don't believe in this spiritualist stuff, so I don't Mm -hmm. need to come back. And there was nothing suspicious, really, that you could tell concretely. So he left. Uh, Okay. The thing is, like, Kate, that was kind of stupid on Kate's part, because if she would have, like, if he would have gone back and then she would have killed him the next day. Mm-hmm. It's there's no doubt he told people like that he was right. going back for this. Exactly. Like it's it just really wasn't thought stupid. through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And she had said it in front of his men, his other like friends who were with him, so they would have known he was coming back the next day. Maybe she yeah, was planning on like stupid. seducing him or something. Like maybe she wasn't planning on actually killing him. Maybe there was other plans. Yeah. Of like trying to get away with it. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, Cherryvale held a meeting because they were a very small town, just kind of starting off, trying to become bigger. And they did not like this unfavorable national attention they were getting. Yeah. Because this um, at this point, because the York family was so famous and news had gotten out like across the country that this was happening in Cherryvale and they were like, we need to do something about this. And people were starting in the town, were starting to realize there were a lot of missing people in the area. And it wasn't like thought too much of, cause people went missing a lot in the wild west, but right. like, they were starting to kind of put the 
two and two together. together. Yeah. So in order to appear, like put some good graces on the town and appear really like cooperative, the farmers started offering to have their land searched by the police and by investigators and anyone who came. They were like, let's just be open about it and we can get this over with. Mm -hmm. And so Pa and John Jr. were at this meeting because they would go to just try and keep up appearances. Mm-hmm. And when it, all the farmers were like, oh, we're going to have our land searched, obviously they had buried people in their land. So after the meeting, the vendors took whatever victims cash they could and disappeared. They left. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then, so April 9th, about 16 miles away from Cherryville, a deserted wagon was found in the woods near Thayer, and there's a train station in Thayer, and the wagon was riddled with bullet holes. <gasps> um, and it was made from scrap wood, just randomly put together, and it was, they figured, they knew it was the benders because people had seen it on their property, and it was made from, because the front of their store was a grocery store, and they had taken down the sign and used it as part of the wagon. Okay. So... There's bullet holes all over this wagon. It's abandoned in the woods, but there are no bodies. The Bender family is not the there. Heck? Yeah. So a few weeks later, a few men were passing the Bender farm, and they heard a calf crying. Poor thing. Um, hmm. The calf was, like, starving, and Aww. its mother was tied only a few feet away from it, and its mother was, like, trying to get to it. So, I know, I think. It's like this sad. It's so sad. Well, I see they got them in time. Yeah. So they freed the animals and put them safely somewhere. Um, and then these people decided, well, why why were their animals neglected? Let's go look in on them, see what's going on. So they went inside the cabin and there were dishes everywhere. There was food left out. There were burned papers in the stove. So it was clearly people who had left in a rush and they mm-hmm. kind of concluded the last time anyone had seen or heard of the vendors was at this meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, so Colonel York, word trickled back to him that the family had disappeared, and he decided to come back with some of his men, and they joined, at this point, like, the whole town's involved. Like, all the farmers are on the property, like, looking around mm-hmm. when Colonel York sh- shows back up to help. Um, they found three hammers... That nasty-looking wife, wife, oh my god, wife, <laughs> that woman described. <laughs> Ma is a nasty-looking yeah. wife. They just found Ma there. <laughs> oh, God. They found drawings of, like, the zodiac symbols on the floor. Uh, half-burned spite dolls in the fireplace, which can be, like, compared to, like, voodoo Uda, dolls. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they found the trap door, and they opened it, and hit by again Stench. terrible smell yeah. yeah uh they crawled in and realized their hands were <gasps> sticky with something oh yeah it's real gross and the entire cellar was covered in like two years worth of like thick like coagulated blood, blood? like oh. it was like covering the cellar no way it's disgusting yeah, they so, never cleaned up after themselves. No, messy. Um, I uh, so many, so many things. So like, did they? So did the whole place not stink? I don't know how that cellar was so sealed. I just pictured. I don't, 
Yeah, there's no way it could have been. I mean, you said this was like 18... 1870s. 1870s. This house was built in 1890s. Like, we have hardwood floors, but there... There's, like, holes, like, small holes, like, randomly through the floors. And it's a very thin mm-hmm. layer. Like, I don't know how it would have, wouldn't have come up from the basement at all. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't know, honestly. I, it probably did, and, like, it just went over people's heads. I don't know. Well, that, to be that person, that must have been something. Yeah. So... Even though it was covered in blood, they did not find any bodies in the cellar or the house. And there were so many people that they even rolled the house away from its foundation to try and find bodies. Wow. They, like, destroyed this house. Didn't find anything. And then the colonel saw the orchard and thought, like, the way the rows were shaped and formed, like, it was strange to him. So he said, and immediately he said, boys, I see graves out there. So he immediately, wow, these were there. And he was right. He's smart. I know. They, so they pushed a rod into the ground to like, just poke at it, see what might be there. And when they pulled it back up, there was human hair on the end of it. <gasps> yeah. Just, do you think they just randomly stuck one rod in and found it and there's uh, human hair? Apparently, I mean, according to this, Story and reports, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Um, and then to make things worse, the very first body they dug up and found was Dr. York, who his brother found him. Wow, that's so sad. Yeah. Uh, and he was he was lying face down with the base of his skull crushed and mm-hmm. his throat slit. And is that pretty much how they found everyone? Yeah. Well, the ones they could. Everybody was found. Everyone on the property was found that way. Um, And the body count ranges from various reports. It's kind of different. But it's around what was found on the property Mm -hmm. uh, is 11 to 35 people in the orchard when it was being dug up. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously, those numbers like vary and then yeah. there could have been more people who like weren't in the orchard at that time than were mm-hmm. somewhere else or something um but it's it's hard to know for sure yeah so all of the victims that they found all the bodies were died of blunt blows to the head mm-hmm. and then their throats were slit except for two and john greary who was the man who pretended to be rich, he had died of multiple stab wounds. And so that was something very different. And it was really the rumor, obviously they can never know for sure, but the rumor is that Kate was so mad because she was the one who slipped throats. She was Mm -hmm. so mad that she found out he only had 40 cents on him that she just stabbed him a bunch of times. Can't be proven, but... I can see that. She sounds kind of horrible. Yeah. She's got that. So, so then what happened to them? Do we know? To the vendors? Yeah. Uh, no. Not so, so there's some stories that I'll, I'll say. Okay. But um, it's not for sure. It's still like a mystery. Um, and then George Longcourt's body was also found with his daughter. Um, with his daughter, they were buried together. Oh. Um, and. His daughter was the only other body who uh, 
was not who it did not die of like the blunt blows and the slit throat she had a ribbon tied around her throat and they were actually unable to tell how she died because there were no signs of strangulation or anything so huh. that led them to believe she had been buried alive oh yeah which is awful that's honestly like one of the yeah. worst things i could think of ever. honestly i think that that being buried alive tops pretty much most pretty much Top, death, like i would death. rather be burnt in a fire than buried alive i'm just gonna say probably i agree uh, well actually whatever's I quicker i would prefer yeah <laughs> like, then i think that burning but it's it's a lot more painful of a yeah. process, you know? Like, at least with being buried alive, it might, I feel like it would probably feel like you're falling asleep. But it'd be, but the pain of, like, being horrified and yeah. and scared the whole time. And it would take a little bit of time for the oxygen yeah. to run out. I just, all around not a good time. No, all around. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, we just... <laughs> I took a deep breath, oh. and I was looking at this picture of me, <laughs> circa 2004. Okay. <laughs> um, where was it? Oh, yeah. So the vendors left with possible $50,000 on them. Hey, is that what I guessed? Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> That's I thought weird. I had written that, too, so. That's wow. good. Wow. Um, and they were seen to be leaving on a train. So okay. they assume it's assumed that they might have gotten away on this train um, if the person telling them could be believed, you know. Mm -hmm. So this nationwide manhunt for the vendors started happening. There were rumors that um, people in the town were convinced they were working with um, nearby like Romani group or okay. tribe, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Um, and... There were other rumors that they went south or that they went north or that they had died in a bloody shootout because of the bullet-riddled wagon. Mm -hmm. um, and there was a $2,000 reward for them. And then other people swore they saw Kate in New Orleans, in Mexico City, in New York, Havana, Paris, and they were she was on a killing spree through all these towns. Oh. And... She was specifically targeted because she was the one who went out in public. So people were saying they saw Kate, like, everywhere. Yeah. And most of these claims are probably, like, can't be believed, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe maybe they're true, but I mean, how could she be in all those places? Right. Yeah. Um, and some people said, this is actually kind of funny, they saw her cross-dressing as a cowboy. No. Which I'm like, you're supposed to be in hiding. You're not going to be, like... <laughs> walking around as a cowboy but yeah why would you and I like it's gonna be like wow that cowboy looks like that woman <laughs> looks like I don't Kate know. Bender yeah that's weird um at least she'd be I think that she'd probably be believable I mean yeah I don't know yeah that's weird um and then theater acts popped up for 25 cents you could see ma and pa so people mm -hmm. were like pretending to be the actual ma and pa and be like come pay money oh. to see these killers on stage oh and my like, god that's so crazy like people would do anything for money you know yeah um but obviously those were disproved like they weren't the real mom pa and then 16 years after their disappearance 
Two women were arrested, Esma and Kate, and they were brought to Kansas for trial. Um, and there were tons of people who showed up to this trial because uh, they were asking everybody, is this them? Yes or no. And mm-hmm. there were no photos to, like, go off of or anything. Oh, jeez. Um, and nobody, it was pretty, like, pretty divided. A lot of people were saying, no, that's not them. And then a lot of people were saying, yes, that is them. Hmm. And even one of Kate's ex-lovers <gasps> looked at her and, like, could not place if this woman was her or not. So because it couldn't actually be determined, those two women were released. And they went back home. So huh. I don't know if if it was them. They got away with it because nobody could actually really tell. But if it wasn't them, well, I'm glad two innocent people yeah, were right, not sentenced right. to death. I wonder if, like, they would have said, like, take us to your family or who who's all the members of your family or show us some pictures of you. Well, okay, this is a stupid question. There were pictures back then, right? Like, mm-hmm. like I know I like it when my house was built, there were pictures, but, like, yeah. 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 I'm sorry. That was a stupid question. I'm ignorant. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I wonder if they would have said something like that. Like, like what? I mean, I'm sure they asked that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering what their responses were. Like, what? If they were, like, saying, oh, no, they can't come right now or whatever. Yeah. Know. I'm not sure what the excuse was, but I'm storing. I don't know. Um. And so then it was found out later through investigation that none of the vendors were actually named Bender. Um, they had made their whole names up. They were faking their identity. Um, the only members who were likely to be related were Ma and her daughter, Kate. So Pa was reportedly born John Flickinger in the early 1800s in Germany or the Netherlands. Ma is said to have been born Almira Meek, and her first husband's name was Griffith, with whom she had 12 children. Um, And Ma was married several times before marrying Pa, but each husband before him reportedly died of head wounds. Hmm. Wait, so is this actually, like, is this This is through... This is not 100% fact, but there were, like, deep investigations of these people, like, tracking back their lineage, tracking where they came from. And this is the information that was brought up of what they believe to be true from reports of people who knew them in Germany and stuff like that. Okay. So it can't be, like, 100% sure, but this is what's believed this to is, be true. Yeah. yeah. Um. Her daughter, Kate, was born Eliza Griffith, um, and John Bender Jr.'s real name was John Jebhart, and many who knew them in Kansas said he was Kate's husband and not her brother. So it kind of just seems like they were all pretending to be this family family so that they could get away with things, but really they had this, like, weird past. Um... 3,000 people came to see the crime scene, and the house was disassembled by people, taking it apart piece by piece. And, like, this was a huge, huge, huge deal. So the whole country knew about this at the time, and people were traveling from all over. And, yeah, it was reported about 3,000 people came just to see the house, and they would take 
a piece of the house as a souvenir. So there were people, they tore the house apart just to take it home. Like, I was there. I was at the Bloody Render's house. Wow. Like, like, they would take the floorboards. They would take, like, the roof, like, anything that they could get their hands on. Wow. Yeah. That's so illegal now. I know. I know. <laughs> In 1905, a man made a deathbed confession in, which was published in the New York Times, that he and his vigilance committee, as he calls it, had killed the whole family. He says that they chased the family on horses through the prairie, bullets flying like a Wild West movie. There's absolutely no proof of this, so it's mm-hmm. basically his word against nothing yeah so it's um it could be nothing it could be the truth you never know Hmm. um and people were all over the country were telling stories about how they had killed the bloody vendors right there were confessions and like tales of vigilante justice everywhere like there were tons of stories yeah i feel like that happens a lot yeah and just people wanting like claim to fame you right know? And, um in the most of the stories so this is kind of interesting kate was always the last one to die young kate hmm. which has been like i was reading a book on them and like there was kind of at the end kind of like this like feminist take on it that mm-hmm. like she was she was the one that was out with people she charmed people the others were odd and stuck kept to themselves so they saw kate yeah. as like the biggest betrayal because she was the yeah. normal one so and she was like treated her the worst the people probably like looking at the family thought she was the main character you know right. yeah exactly so i mean so. obviously the main character doesn't die first you gotta wait for the main character to die last yeah and so in these stories um kate always fought she was fighter to the end and one man said my grief how she did fight she fought tooth and nail like a tiger and we had to handle her like a bucking bronco so here she is being compared to animals again of course <laughs> she's no she longer sound- a young eagle yeah no she just sounded bit like a vicious person i know um another one said that they had another man claimed that they had lynched the whole family and that Kate was last and she fought again. And he said, I tell you, man, she was a bad one. She screamed and bit and cursed and kicked. So someone cracked her skull with a stick and another one put a bullet or two through her brain. So they would like talk about her like that. Like yeah. it was this heroic thing and she fought to the end. And like, it's just like, she most, just, yeah. She's basically just making her, making her seem like an animal almost. Like. Yeah, pretty much. And I'm constantly comparing her to animals, too. It's interesting. Yeah, it really is. It's kind of strange. Um, so now, like today, they're on the property. There is a Kansas historical marker called the Bender Mound. And it kind of has a little, it's like this big sign and a plaque that has like a, a little about the story. Yeah. Um, and what happened there. Um, so if you were ever in that area, you could like go see it. Um, and actually as of February, 2020 (laughs) this year, um, the property sold for two, for over $2 million. Wow. That's worth a lot of money. 
um, it's huge land. I, I was mean, gonna it, ask. Yeah, it was sold. So what the original Bender farm was was 152 acres. Okay. And there was more land sold, but it was part of that mm-hmm. land um, that was just sold for a ton of money. And so we're almost done. Just this is where um, the Ingalls family, other than that man, Being George Lunger, was their neighbor. Yeah. So Laura Ingalls claims <gasps> that her father, Charles. Oh, pa, I guessed it. I said Pa does something. Well, I yeah. said Pa saves the day. But she I guess claims me. that he killed them, like not oh. by himself. But this is what she wrote in her one of her books. The night of the day the bodies were found, a neighbor rode up to our house and talked earnestly with Pa. Pa took his rifle down from its place over the door and said to Ma, the vigilantes are called out. Then he saddled a horse and rode away with the neighbor. It was late the next day when he came back and he never told us where he had been. For several years, there was more or less a hunt for the benders and reports that they had been seen here or there. At such times pa always said in a strange tone of finality they will never be found they were never found and later i formed my own conclusions why that pa had killed them that he had he was part of this vigilante thing wow so charles ingles i know i literally (laughs) i literally said that i said charles ingles saves the day yeah what the heck i mean okay so it was largely believed or it is that this is a lie that she's lying Mm -hmm. because at this time the biggest argument that it's she made this up Mm -hmm. is um that at this time there is like a census and city records and Mm -hmm. letters that they have Live, they were living in Wisconsin by this time and had been for oh. a while. So they were like, it's just kind of not possible that they could have, he could have gone to Kansas. And right. like there are people cited them. It's in historical records and everything that they were in Wisconsin, not Kansas. So that's basically the biggest argument that this yeah. is a lie, that she had put it in there in her book to get a little more like some murder intrigue. Yeah. So I don't know. She... She's obviously a famous writer of writing about her life, mm-hmm. and it could be true because it's her life and her word, but also there's just that record that they weren't even in Kansas. Yeah. So. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. You know what, though? I want to choose to believe that. Because <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> I, yeah. I just think that I, honestly, I mean, when I go and I tell people about this murder, that's one of the things I'm going to bring up. <laughs> like, that's going to be, pa that's my is. main takeaway from this is Pa is, is a badass. He is he capable of murder? He wasn't like that's a true. good Christian man or something. He was, but I think that he would do what he needs to do. He will do what needs to be done. done. Yes, exactly. Like, he is a good... But he does show mercy. But also, it didn't really sound like the Benders needed much mercy. They didn't didn't seem to show. Yeah. That poor doctor. I felt so... I I feel so bad. I'm like, that must have been really hard on the the guy finding his brother. I know. And just, like, the fact that the first body they they find is is his brother. Yeah. And that's got to be shocking, too, because... It's not like it would be the closest body to the house mm-hmm. because it's the last body buried. So it right. seems like it'd be the one furthest away. Maybe. There are lots of pictures of 
Maybe the, the crime scene of them digging up the bodies. Like there are tons of pictures that exist. Mm-hmm. So I'll like post them and yeah. Yeah. I've, I'm surprised I've never heard of this one. Yeah. It's a, I almost said it's a fun story, but it's, not. I mean, it's like a, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it goes, it's a crazy wild west story. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. Literally cowboys and shootouts possibly. Vigilantes, mm-hmm. little, little house on the prairie. Little on the prairie. I, I just, it just puts, once again, you know what you were really good about this? You end it on like such a note where I'm like, oh my God, this is insane. Because once again, ah, cherry on top. You yeah. did it. Wow. Well, you didn't do anything, yeah, but I mean, you told me the story. I arranged the notes. <laughs> you did. I was there Excellent. reporting on it in 1872. Gold star, gold star. Are you Laura Ingalls? <laughs> Secretly. I pretended I was when I was little, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Who didn't? Oh I was always half pint. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, um, to comment on the Bloody Marys one last time, I forgot to, to mention, you know, you can always just add in your own little things um, as far as if you're just, like, using tomato juice uh, you can use Tabasco sauce, uh, celery salt, and make sure you use Worcestershire sauce. Is that how you say it? Worcestershire? I think so. Yeah. Make sure you use that because that is just beautiful. It's just really, <laughs> it's just beautiful, beautiful. I just love it. Um, spicier the better is what I say. Mm-hmm. You don't like spicy though, do you? It, not normally, but I do like Bloody Mary. It's an added burn. I don't know. Like, so you feel the burn from the alcohol. Yeah. And then it's like an added burn that kind of takes away from the alcohol burn. I don't know. I like it. All right. Anyway. (laughs) Now my mouth is watering. (laughs) All right. So, um, I'm Casey. I'm Emily. And you just heard a sprinkle of sugar, a dash of murder.